0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now we're studying the subject, subject of redemption. Now, one thing about studying redemption is you will find out that there's a whole lot more to getting saved than you thought. Amen? I mean, there's a whole lot more to salvation than just when you die, you go to heaven. I mean, there's a whole lot more and that's why we study redemption to see what that whole lot more is because in reality, that's what's relevant relative to your life now, here on earth now and at this time in this dispensation. Other times, God's going to use the church in other ways. We'll see when we get there. Now, we looked last time, I think it's been a week or so since I've taught taught, but last time we looked at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We started in verse 16, then we did verse 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21. We saw in those verses, number one, that we should not view anyone after the flesh. That means our perspective of each other, our perspective of those in the world, and our perspective of God needs to be a spiritual perspective, not a fleshly one. Then it said in that scripture also, although we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now know we him no more. Meaning, thank God for the Jesus of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and what he did upon the earth. But what's relevant to us now is the Jesus of the letters to the church because that's what shows us who we are in him, in Christ. Amen. So we saw in verse 17 that we're new creatures. One translation says a new species of being. Uh, It says, old things have passed away. Isn't that cool that old things have passed away? Then it says, behold. The word behold means look and see. All things are new. Then it talks about us uh, being ministers of reconciliation, that God has not kept records of our sin, but has canceled them with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them. What if the world knew that? Amen. Amen. You know, that's why a lot of people don't want anything to do with God because they're so sin conscious. But what if they knew that God was not going to forgive their sins, but He's already done it? Well, praise God. That's why we preach the gospel. Amen. So we saw that He has done that. Then we are ambassadors. Because of that, an ambassador is the representative of one kingdom placed in another. We know that ambassadorships here in America, well, I know that in different places that I've been near an ambassador's residence or around where there's an ambassador was, there was always a contingent of Marines there because they considered the land in which our ambassador residence was on sovereign, sovereign, uh, 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 sovereign soil of the United States. Well, did you know God thinks the same thing about us? Isn't that good? That's why He calls us ambassadors. And, you know, the first thing that a country does when a war is fixing to be declared is they pull all of their ambassadors out. Well, you know, a lot of people, they well, I don't believe in the rapture. Well, stay here then. I'm an ambassador. They're going to take me out of here, amen, before any of that stuff happens. I'm so glad they are, aren't you? So we saw not only that, but what I think is just the capstone truth of the entire chapter is that he that knew no sin, he that didn't have the sin nature, The Bible says it didn't say he sinned. It said he was made sin. Well, what was he made sin with? There had to be some sin he was made sin with. Your sin, my sin, our sin. He was made sin so that we might be made what? The righteousness of God in Christ. One translation literally says it like this, so that we might have the same standing with God that Christ himself has. I know you go, if you get around Catholic people and ask them, how'd you like to be in with God like the Pope? Well, I hope he's saved. Because if he ain't saved, he ain't as in with God as I am. And I ain't even got one of those fancy hats. <laughs> amen? Oh, no, no, no. The Bible says that if you're, that if you're a new creature in Christ, Amen? that you're also in right standing with him because we are now righteous. Boy, I tell you, so much of Christianity just disdains that. I don't know why, because we're not claiming any type of righteousness based on our own merit. My goodness, just the opposite. Our merit is worth nothing. We have nothing, we've not, as it say in Titus, not according to acts of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he has saved us. We we lay no claim on holiness or, or that we've got some set of rules that sanctifies us more than anybody else. No, we just have faith in Him. My faith is in His blood. My faith is in His finished work. My faith is in His word. My faith is in His spirit. Amen? So thank God. Thank God that when we got born again, we became exactly what the Word says we are, a new creature in Christ. And we have exactly what the Bible says we have, and that is direct access to the Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus because of who we are. Hallelujah. Now, 1 Corinthians, let's, let's, now we're going to start doing some digging, some mining, some heavy excavation here because redemptive truth is so simple but so profound And once you begin to get really interested in it, and it begins to, to, how can I say this? It will capture your attention. You know, it says over in Proverbs, uh, my son or daughter, attend to my word, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let it not depart from my eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. There are life because you found them, and health to all your flesh. Well, you know, I just see as we study redemption, health working in our bodies, blessing working in our finances. Uh, our minds being, because this is what renews the mind. This is what renews the mind right here. You can go read Proverbs and Job's, Job all day long and your mind will never get renewed. Amen. I mean, you can go read Genesis and, and Joshua all day long and your mind will never get, it's not until you begin to see yourself as God sees you and hear his words over you as he describes who you are. Not you, not your condition, not your gender, not your color, not your geographical location. No, he's the one that defines you and says who you are. So through his eyes and by his word, you are empowered to be what he has called you. What has he called you? The righteousness of God in Christ. A new creature more than a conqueror. Now, first, first Corinthians, mmm. Corinthians, Well, since we're going to do that anyway, let's just do it. Verse 18, I'm just going to read here for a minute because this is such good redemptive. All of these letters are such good redemptive bread to eat on. It says, For the preaching of the cross is unto them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, for, excuse me, excuse me, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Preaching is important. There's always been some type of movement to try to do away with preaching. But let me tell you, teaching, the Bible says of Jesus, He went about teaching, preaching, and healing. That is the information, inspiration, and demonstration of the Word of God. We'll get off on that in a little bit later. It says, uh, For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see, for ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world and conf- the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty, and the base things of the world and the things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. Now, here's our scripture. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Woo! Glory to God. Man, you talk about a mouthful. Now he's setting the stage. Uh, you know, by the Holy Ghost, Paul was a master speaker. He could, he, could, he could go in there and paint that redemptive picture and release that understanding and release that revelation. Now, here's just an observation, not revelation, observation. In my years of ministry, you know, and I quit saying short years because it's, it's not, that's not right to say that. I've been doing this for almost 40 years, so it's a long time. Amen. It has been my observation that people that are not baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues have no understanding of these letters. If you've ever really sat down and tried to talk redemptive truth with an an individual that may be born again but hadn't been filled with the Holy Ghost yet, it seems there's there's a block there. It seems that like there's a door closed there that you just can't get into. I know many uh, 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 men, I, I, I mean, from, the, from his own testimony, Brother John Osteen, Pastor John Osteen, made the statement after having achieved two doctorate degrees in theology and then getting filled with the Holy Ghost, he said, I learned more three days after getting filled with the Holy Ghost than I learned in 20 years of education, formal education. Now, why is that? Well, because the Holy Ghost is our teacher. And if he doesn't have any material to teach with, then how can he teach? But when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you've entered into both... How, how can I say that? You've entered into both movings of the Spirit, the Spirit that abides and the Spirit that empowers. Amen? Now, notice this. This is such a great scripture. But of him... Or we could say it like this. But of God are ye in Christ. Only God could do this. That's how great this is. That's how awesome this is. Only God could put these laws into the earth and so operate by these laws that they affect every person that's ever lived upon the earth. Now think about that for a moment. You say, what laws is that? Well, number one, procreation. Every seed reproducing after its own kind is how humanity is spread around the earth. Listen, church, I don't care what color your skin says, we're all of one blood amen? You've got to understand that we're all of one blood. And because of that, we all share the same life, the human life together. Amen? There's no partial share of that. Well, these people are kind of kin. No, no, no. We're all of one blood. Paul, Paul said that in the book of Acts. Amen? But now when we begin to really see this, this, this awesome plan of God, was, I kind of think of it like this. You know, you, you, you get an old car and you fix up that old car uh, like, like they say showroom condition. And it's a, it's a perfect restoration. Amen? Well, I know there's a lot of people that think that's exactly what God did through redemption. That's not what he did. What God did was to destroy the old car. Amen? And then present something brand new for man to drive. It's nothing like the old car. Listen, we'll see that that in just a moment. It's it's not not only not like like the old car, you can't even compare the two because they're so vastly different. Now, so the scripture again, now listen to it. But of God are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom. Where's our wisdom? In Christ. Christ Jesus in us is the wisdom of God. It is the wisdom of God. Wisdom, righteousness, right standing with God, sanctification sat apart for God, and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. One translation says this, he that observeth, let him give God glory for what he has done. Now, with that in mind, go over to Romans. I just wanted to use that as a jumping off place. But now go to Romans chapter five. We can really get have some fun over here. Now let me let me begin here. In verse twelve. Let me read a yeah, let me read a minute first before I do that. Thank you, Lord. It says, "Wherefore, as by one man, everybody say one man." Sin entered into the world and death by sin and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Now here's a law that God has used. Because one man caused the fall, God used one man to redeem us. Amen? So right here we see the plan of God in operation. Being revealed. I mean, we never heard Jesus say anything like this. So this is revelation relevant to the new covenant that he has brought in. They didn't have this on the day of Pentecost, but it was moving toward that because they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. For unto the law was, for unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. So it's saying this. He said, now listen, there was no law given. Adam sinned and man fell into sin. And between Adam and between Moses, no law was given, but man still died. Why? Because it was not the law that was killing man. It was man's nature. He had fallen into the nature of death. Amen. And what did we study when we studied death? What did he, we could say it like this and be literally biblically correct. He had fallen into the nature of separation from God. Anything that you could describe as man's condition because of separation from God falls into that category. Man is sick, man is depraved, man is addicted, man is twisted, man is perverse, man is warlike, man man is cruel, man is mean. Yes, it's all in the package of humanity. One man one man, one man, but thank God he used one man to redeem us. I said he used one man to redeem us. So think of the enormity of the trespass and what it caused in every one of us, in our parents, in their parents, in our parents' parents, back for a thousand generations. The sin, the iniquity, the trespass. I mean, it's been rampant upon the earth. Amen. And then there's this little light of redemption in Christ. Now notice what it says. Now this, this, this gets good. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead or separated, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. You're going to have to hear. Let me try that again. But not as the offense. What was the offense? The fall. What did the fall do? It put everything. It downloaded everything negative into your life. Every negative emotion that man has. Every negative temptation from thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. All that the law defined in man is inherently there. It's inherently there. In a child, you don't have to train them, amen, to steal, train them to curse, train them to lie. Train. so Well, my, my children, they're just little. Like, no, they're not. They're all born into sin and iniquity. And they will all try you out. And it is their nature until they get a new nature. Amen. When I got saved when I was six years old, there was such a profound change in me that my first grade teacher wrote almost two pages of stuff about what happened to this child is how it started. What happened to this child who could not read? What happened to this child who could not comprehend? What happened to this child who could not pay attention? What happened to this child who would not speak or even look at me? What happened to this child? He got born again, six years old. And even a, even a Miss Swan could see it. Amen? So not as the offense. So here, this 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 scripture is a measure. You ever needed a measure to figure, you know, to kind of get an inkling of your? This scripture is a measure. It says, "But not as the offense, so also is the free gift." You can't say that. That is illegal in English engineering of sentence structure. You can't say "not as so also." Amen. Well, I like one translation. It says this. It says, despite what happened to you because of your first birth, no matter how traumatic it is, what God has done for you in the new birth can't even be compared to what happened to you in your first birth. So quit trying to compare it. Listen, let me me help some of you. This is going to help some of you immensely in your redemptive understanding. You did not just get saved. You did not just get saved. Something incredibly miraculous happened to you. More miraculous than any physical healing, any financial miracle, anything that you can imagine, a complete change, a complete newness has come on the inside of you. God has placed, not not through theological theory, but in essence, there is something on the inside of you that's not in regenerate men but it's in you it's Christ in you and it's the what it's the hope of his glory or the hope of his activity or the hope of his behavior on your behalf in you and through you so God is trying to get us to see like he tried to get Gideon to see like he tried to get Moses to see and everyone he ever tried to use he tried to this is how I see you and this is how I see your redemption a great big offense took place and it wiped out the earth and all the hell that's been on the earth for 6,000 years. That's the reason. But I sent my only begotten son to die for you and the gift that he has left upon the earth called salvation is so much bigger and so much greater and so much grander and so much glorious. You can't even compare. God is an excessive God. He excessively redeemed humanity. Our humanity would have been eradicated by the devil. Amen. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be separated from God, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one the condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which received, uh, receive abundance of grace. You didn't just get grace. Let me help you. When you were just walking around on the earth doing your own thing, you weren't saved, you were born again, you got Grace. You say, how do you know I got grace? Because you're here now. Because you're here now. So God kept keeping you out of this and keeping you out of that and keeping you out of it. You say, "Why? someone was praying. Someone was interceding. Someone was believing God for you. Amen? And then all of a sudden you recognize I'm a sinner that needs a Savior. And there's a Savior. His name is Jesus. And when you said yes to Jesus and believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, boom, an abundance of grace. So all this old sad, I can't barely make it, I ain't got a job. Listen, you're literally betraying the glory that God has put on the inside of you. That's why God wants you to learn a new language. That doesn't have to do with speaking in tongues either. He wants you to speak a redemptive language where everything that comes out of your mouth is is, is edited by your redemptive mindset. You don't see yourself as a poor old sinner saved by grace. You see yourself as the righteousness of God in Christ. No matter how sick you get, you don't see yourself ever as being sick. You see yourself as being tempted to be sick using the word of God to fight off every symptom of sickness and disease. And you never see yourself as poor. Lee and I got married, literally went broke when we got married. And never ever saw ourselves as poor. We would laugh and roll around and have a good time and look at each other and laugh and say, isn't it great to live like multimillionaires and have, not have to worry about a dime of the money? How many times have we done that? With nothing. Amen. You say, why? Because we have a different view. We're looking out a different window. You hear what I'm saying? We're seeing the world through different eyes. Hmm. Therefore, this is in verse 18, 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded. (laughs) Where sin abounded. Grace did much more abound. So you're a brand new creature. So how's my time? We used to to get in conversations, a couple of preacher friends of mine, we'd talk about redemption. One in particular, he's kind of a nut like the rest of us. And he would always tell the stories. I picked it up and started telling it about building a flea circus. I've probably told it here a dozen times in the last 20 years. But there's so much relevance to that to the in Christ message because literally you can, you can literally make a flea circus if you're willing to deal with fleas. <laughs> there was a little, you could write in. The way I knew this is because I knew somebody that did it. You could write in to a back of the comic books back in the 60s and 70s and it would say flea circus, and they would send you a pamphlet on how to have a flea circus. You had to get five or six fleas, so you know your nearest dog or whatever. You get five or six fleas, and you would have to put them in a in a you know like a, a a glass, a tall like a tall tea glass or something, and put a put a lid on top of that, because a, a flea jumps approximately eighteen inches. So you try to get a glass about. You know, 16 and a half, 16 inches, maybe 15 inches. So when that flea makes that jump out of there, he has a kind of a bad day. Bam. And he says, those fleas, you'll see them jump like that for a few hours, and then they'll stop and they'll start jumping. Say, say, you, say it was a 15 inch glass, they'll start jumping about 14 and a half inches to, to, to get away from the trauma. And so you let that go on for a couple of days, and then you, you take another glass, you get a glass that's about eight inches tall. And you put a lid on that. And though, now those fleas that were jumping 14 and a half inches after a few hours, they're jumping seven and a half inches. Because they want to get away from the trauma. And then you take and you put like a three inch, a little three inch dish, put a lid on it. And now they're only jumping three inches. So with three inches, you can control them. Put them on a put them on a little white piece of paper, and they look like pepper jumping around on there. And there's your flea circus. Now, the thing is, every one of those fleas have been conditioned negatively. And they've been conditioned not to reach the potential of what they are as a flea. Because as a flea, they can jump 18 inches. But now, just through circumstances, their life has been lowered to about a two and a half inch life. Which, you know, 18 inches, you can go from one dog to another amen but you know two and a half inches I mean you can't hardly jump between their ears so say you could be an evangelist flea (laughs) because you discovered that years ago another flea came and he took that little piece uh, piece of paper off the lid and you can jump 18 inches again just like it was back in the day so you start telling everybody look 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 I can jump 18 inches And you start telling the crowd, now you can jump 18 inches but nobody wants to because they made the adjustments according to trauma. So life, a life lived in sin is like that where the enemy continually lowers the ceiling on you and all the potential of your life is drained out of you. That's why a lot of people commit suicide in their 40s and 50s is because they feel like the potential of their life is drained out and all they have to look forward to is old age, and they can't handle that. So you You've seen suicide explode all over the world right now. But in Christ, that's been removed. And God sees you as what? An 18-inch flea. You can jump 18, all you got to do is forget about what. So the only way you can convince those fleas that they can jump 18 inches is to convince them that they're not the flea they used to be. (laughs) That something has happened, something real. And really all you have to do is believe it. And if you'll believe it, boom, you're an 18-inch flea again. Amen? And you know all the other illustrations that people give like, like the, what is it, the, 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 uh, the caterpillar that turns into a butterfly. You know, when you see a butterfly, you don't think flying worm. It's a completely different species. Metamorphosis. Now, this is what I wanted to close with tonight. An offense happened 6,000 years ago so profound that the ripple effect of it did not decrease as it went out through time, it increased. So it hit our lives. I mean, we can probably, probably classify three generations sitting in here right now. And so there's been thousands of generations before us. So it swept through all of our lives. Now what makes us unique is this. We became the respondents to a message that it's not just the proclamation of an unseen God, but a demonstration of His grace. It involves life and enlightenment, understanding and faith, which is totally segregated from religion. Amen? And when you begin to realize the enormous, how can I say this, the enormous extravagance, the enormous excess, because God is an excessive God, Amen. They say even with all the, I think we passed eight billion, or was it nine billion? The other I think it's eight billion people upon the planet. The other day, they still, they, they still say that all the people on the planet will fit in two percent of the landmass. That leaves ninety-eight percent of the na- landmass. That's incredible. But everything that we need for survival is here on this planet. Creation is undeniable. Darwinism is deniable. Creationism isn't. Amen? Uh, uh, they, think, they think that, they think that uh, uh, evolution makes sense when it makes no sense. Amen? So God took and overcompensate. You say, how can he overcompensate? Because that's the way he is. That is his nature. He is a God of light. He is a God of truth. He is... A, listen... All of the different attributes you can define the character of God, He uses for your benefit. So instead of being like a king over a kingdom, He wanted to be a father to a family. There's a big difference. And not only did He want to be a father to a family, He wanted to include in this family royalty, which He sees you as His offspring, which makes you royal. Not only that, listen now, listen. Ooh, you can get into some redemptive stuff. I got, some, I got one book back there I've never been able to read. I get about 12 pages into it, and I'm like, okay. And I put it down. And I've tried to read it about, it's called In Him by A.J. Gordon. It's all in Christ. Because some people go really deep into this, and if you go too deep, you can't relate to anybody. I've, I've been in meetings where i thought, No, that's a good message, but you can't preach that out there. People won't hear what you're saying. But it's so profound that when you really see what happened to you in the new birth, it's almost the same as what happened to you in your first birth. You're born of a righteous seed. I mean, I don't want to get into uh, sexually explicit things, but here's the thing. You were born onto the earth of unrighteous seed, but you were born again of righteous seed. And you have to understand as real, you know how real your first birth is? It's as real as as, as this, as this flesh suit you run around in. I mean, it's as real as the ticking of that clock, the time realm we're involved in. But this eternal God wanted not to rule a kingdom, but to reproduce himself in a family. Now, here's here's, here's where we've we've got to stay with the word. The mystery of redemption is how God can come down and take on humanity and still remain deity and then release into us the divine nature, but we still remain humanity. That's the mystery of redemption that people just don't get. When you begin to realize that's exactly what God did for us in Christ so that we could be what? What does he want? What does he want? One with him. Of him are you in Christ Jesus who has been made unto you wisdom, sanctification, redemption, and forgiveness of sin. You can't approach God with sin so he took and shed his blood. Not an atoning sacrifice that just covered up your past and your sin, but a redemptive sacrifice that bought you back from the effects of the first birth so that you might be affected by the new birth. Now, here's what you've got to walk in. We always talk about what runs in our families. The different attributes. Uh, uh, somebody sent us a picture of, uh, of me and Breland the other day. And probably more more than I've ever seen her look like me, she did in that picture. Bless her heart. (laughs) But the reflection of a parent in a child, it literally vindicates or validates the child. That's why God doesn't want to see us as religious or wants us to see ourselves as religious. He wants us to see ourselves as being born again. Our terminology many times, even calling ourselves Christians, the Bible actually tells us that in the book of Acts, I believe it's Acts 16, in, in a, a, where was it they were first called Christians? Was it in Corinth? In Antioch, they were first called. They were called. That didn't say God called them. It says that people called them. Christian means Christ-like. And that that, that power in that first generation was so strong. They would worship God while being burnt at the stake and it drove Nero crazy because he couldn't break them. He couldn't do it. That's why he burned Rome down. So here we are in the last of the last days. Now, I've held this off because I wanted to say this and I'm going to start saying this more. Y'all have heard me say several times that I believe we live in what I call a reverse evolution age in which it's taken 6,000 years for man to go from the presence of God that he was in in the garden to the animal he is today doing some of the things he's doing today. Okay, I mean that's pretty evident. But that same man that's born after 6,000 years of this junk being in humanity can with one decision get born again. And if the effects of the fall, now listen to me, if the effects of the fall have, been, have gotten exponentially stronger, which it has, man hasn't found his own peace. Man hasn't found his own righteousness. So it has gotten stronger and stronger. So if what is of God has gotten weaker and weaker, we don't have a chance. But what God gave us in Christ is so profound. You can't break it on the earth. You can't do it. First of all, it's covenant. Secondly, it's blood covenant. Thirdly, it's divinely originated. Fourthly, it's divinely authored and finished. And he is seated down at the right hand of the Father on high, and you are seated there with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, here's the problem. That's abstract. That cannot be abstract. That must become the thought of your mind and your mind process. I am right with God. I am in Christ. I am a new creature. And all those other negative thoughts, if you will dwell and meditate on your redemptive realities, you'll see that not as the offense, so also is the free gift which means, man, yeah, he weighed me down with sin, but God has set me free in Christ Jesus. And you begin to live in the reality of what you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, not just about God, but about yourself. This is segregated from your needs. Got a lot of need-built faith over here need built faith. I need a a healing. a need a financial. No, no, no. Start getting over here. I'm a new creature. Righteousness of God. Greater is He that's in me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus has been made unto me. Wisdom, sanctification, redemption, forgiveness of sin. I mean, you just start going through all those. And next thing you know, your identity. Now listen to me. Your identity becomes greater than your need. Did you hear what I just said? You outgrow your problem. You outgrow your problem. And I believe God has left us examples in our generation of people that have outgrown some of the most devastating things. I I love Pastor Dodie Osteen's testimony of healed of cancer. What did she do? She outgrew it. She just flat outgrew A cancer that was supposed to kill her in six weeks just flat out grew it, which means there must have been enough power in that word. Now listen to me, enough power in that word because her own testimony was that she was lax in those things. She did not speak the word like that. But buddy, when she got that diagnosed, she got into the word, she got those scriptures, she spoke them every day and still does to this day is proof that not as the offense, so also is the pre-gift. And people say, well, that's just Dodie You know why it was Dodie So she could write a book so the world could know this is how it works. You can outgrow it. You can outgrow diabetes. You can outgrow arthritis. You can outgrow uh, whatever it is. You can outgrow any addiction. You can outgrow any fear. You can outgrow any intimidation. You know why? Because God has put the potential in you by changing your identity. You're now a new creature. You're now the righteousness of God. Jesus has been made unto you wisdom, sanctification, redemption, forgiveness of sin. Hallelujah. You're an ambassador for Christ, a representative of the kingdom of heaven. You have angelic protection. You have the word of power. You have the word of his name or the power of his name and you have the power of the Holy Ghost. And you need to hear that every day, every day because every day the devil's trying to make you think you're weak, broke, sick, barely going to make it. You have doubt you have fear. You know he's just a liar you need to rise up and say devil I don't think you know who I am let me rehearse into your ears just for a moment who I am so you'll understand the type of problem you're going to have with me from now on because I'm not having a problem with you anymore you're going to be having a problem with me so just for your own sake, Mr. Devil, I want you to know I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things are new for me. He that knew no sin was made sin on my behalf. Because of that, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm more than a conqueror. You're under my feet. Jesus, my Lord, my Savior, my Healer, my Redeemer, He spoiled you. He made a show of the open. For this reason was He manifest that He might loosen and dissolve your power over my life. I tell you, you talk to the devil a few days like that. He won't mess with you no more but you've got to talk to them like that. Prayer's the best place. When you're in the Spirit, you're praying. Just make those declarations. That's why it's so important to have a confession. And that redemptive confession is the core of your faith. Why do you believe that so strongly? Because of Jesus. Jesus is the one who authors that belief in us. And when he offers it, ain't nothing going to erase it. It's there. It's there. It's there as long as the Holy Ghost is there. And how long is the Holy Ghost going to be with you? Anybody know? Anybody know? Forever. Everybody say forever. Lift your hands. Father, we worship you tonight. We thank you for what you did for us through redemption. We thank you that every answer that man needs is wrapped up in Christ. Father, we thank you that the wisdom of this world has been fooled. And we thank you that the wisdom of God has been proven to be true divine wisdom. And Lord, even as we close our Bible study this evening, go to our homes, pick up our week, let that awareness remain in our spirit of these great truths. Let us every day worship and thank and glorify the Heavenly Father that loved us so much that He died on a cross, sent His Son so that we might be redeemed. Father, we thank You. All the promises of God, every promise You made to every person in the Bible, All the promises of God are in in Him, in Christ. In Him, yes. And so be it. To the glory of God by us. So Father, we thank You for protection according to Psalms 91. Healing according to Isaiah 53. Prosperity according to Philippians 419. We thank You for peace that passes all understanding. We thank you for the joy of Nehemiah that is our strength. The joy of the Lord. Father, let the witness of God be strong in us everywhere we go. Let Christ in us the hope of glory. Let our lives speak redemptive truth. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. We thank you for our church. We walk in love one toward another. Thank you, Father, tonight we declare over us that we are covered by that blood and that the word empowers us like never before. And Holy Ghost, you're our guide and teacher. We trust you to take what is spoken and make it living. Thank you even tonight, Lord. There is the Logos There is the water that's being touched, being turned into wine. Thank you that we are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. That we reign and rule as kings by one, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father. Lift your hands one more time. Thank you, Lord. You know, it's just a spirit of encouragement in here. I don't know what you've been fighting or how you've been fighting it, but fight it from the the arena of victory don't try to get the victory say I'm pastor I'm just trying to get the victory no you've got it I said you've got it listen God's already got you in the center of the ring and your arm is up and both the devil's arms are down you're the winner everybody say I'm the winner say I'm the winner say I'm the winner hallelujah so one more time worship you. father we worship you thank you Jesus thank you father thank you Lord God